Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. Uh, as we start the week, a couple of days into free agency now, uh, the Bucks really, at this point, have filled out their roster, and we can touch on that in just a little bit here. Uh, before we started, I, I know for a fact through the Twitter follows I've got over the last few days and just looking at the podcast numbers, we have got a bunch of new listeners. So I want to thank everyone for jumping on board and just a bit of background. You can get uh, me on Twitter at Kane Pittman, uh, Frank at F Madden NBA. And of course our uh, podcast Twitter account at locked on bucks as well. So any thoughts, ideas, questions you have, you can send them through to us. Uh, Frank, we can go through the additions that the Bucks have made in terms of free agency signings as the week moves along here. But I figured today we talk about the salary cap situation with the Bucks, and let's be honest, some of the mess that has been created over the last few days. But you, you say this a lot. Oftentimes we bury the lead on this podcast and the lead with the Milwaukee Bucks is almost always Giannis. Uh, he is now officially eligible to sign the Supermax extension. We haven't heard anything as of yet. Uh, I'm not totally surprised by that. Uh, as far as we know, he's still in Greece. I wouldn't imagine anything is going to happen until he comes back. But ultimately, I've had a lot of people asking. I'm not surprised that we didn't hear anything straight away. Yeah, um, I and honestly, I haven't really been thinking about it a ton either. Um, you know, obviously, the, the offer has been on the table for that five-year, call it, 227 million ish number. It will depend on where the salary cap ends up next year, which is when uh, that extension would start since he's obviously still under contract for this season. Um, but uh, yeah, he's in Greece right now. And um, I think, I don't know, best I've heard is, is sometime this coming week, he, he may be ending up back in the States. And then at that point, um, you know, I think there's still a lot of optimism that he's going to sign that extension. I, I haven't, gotten a sense from anyone, uh, including obviously a week ago. And again, it, you know, this was sort of, especially right after the Bogdanovich news, let's say, um, there was suddenly a lot of um, belief around the national media that, that he was uh, going to sign. And I, I haven't heard anything to suggest that, you know, the, the Bogdanovich will he, won't he uh, situation would make Giannis second guess, uh, uh, you know, signing that extension. But obviously, that's the most important question is, you know, what, what where is Giannis' head at? And, and again, I've, so I, I got the impression that his decision probably wasn't as, you know, dependent on specific moves the Bucks were about to make as maybe it's been suggested. Um, but, you know, again, until, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not anxious about it. But obviously, if, you know, if, if we find out Giannis is back in the States and, you know, by the end of the week, there's there's no traction. You know, it, it, it's been interesting because there hasn't even been any like reports or anything about, you know, the Bucks are waiting or, you know, his agent 
says he doesn't want to make it. You know, there's, there hasn't really been anything to suggest that there's a rush or, you know, that he's decided not to do anything or that he has or hasn't made up his mind. So it's been kind of weird, you know, that kind of the guy who's, future is you know kind of hangs uh, future free agencies in the balance with um that like that nobody's even really trying to make news out of that right like you think someone would like conjure like even just saying that nothing's been announced yet would be news right <laughs> but, um but so far we haven't really heard anything about that and um and of course his agent alex saratsis is in an interesting position because his two biggest named clients Giannis and Bam Adebayo are both eligible for huge extensions. And of course, Bam's extension, uh, if he does extend this summer, um, would kick in also in the 21-22 season. And that would cut into the Heat's cap space, which of course, part of the reason they've been trying to conjure up cap space for next season um, is so that they could potentially make a move for Giannis if he hit free agency. So there's all these kind of like interesting little dependencies um, around Giannis and um yeah i mean we'll see i i'm i'm not stressed about it at this point i'm still expecting that hopefully this week we'll have a uh maybe a we'll give thanks uh for for thanksgiving that that Giannis is is committing um on that new five-year contract but you know again um rationally speaking he doesn't have to do anything right i mean that same same contract is going to be there a year from now so he doesn't really have to do anything. This would really be more just about kind of getting getting that locked down, getting it over with. And, you know, I think the flip side too is, especially with all these draft picks now tied up in <laughs> the Drew Holiday acquisition, even if he signs that, it's not like he's then guaranteed to be a buck for life or, you know, even for the next five years after this coming season, right? I mean, he could, of course, if things go south, he could always ask for a trade as as other players have done in the past. But um, obviously that that's, we'll, we'll thank happy thoughts for now, uh, in, in that regard. So, so yeah, no news. I don't know that no news is good news, but I would say no news is not bad news at this <laughs> point. And I'm still hopeful that we'll have news and it will be good by, by the end of this week. I'll tell you what, Thanksgiving is not a thing in Australia, but if we get news of a, a Supermax extension for Giannis this week, I'll gather my whole family from around Australia and we will have Thanksgiving dinner in the Pittman household. But I do think it's interesting. You can no, you can do that because you can do that because you guys don't really have a pandemic anymore. Is that, is that is that why you can do that? It's true, actually. I feel like I was kind of You're rubbing it in, You're inadvertently rubbing it, in. rubbing it in. I want to say that was yeah. inadvertent. But let me quickly jump in and talk about the best tasting protein bar that has ever been made. Of course, it is Built Bar. Our friends at Built have brought it back, new and improved here in the last couple of months, and there is eighteen amazing flavors now. Uh, the six new flavors include cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, and carrot cake, among others. And the 12 originals include peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, and salted caramel. Uh, I've been getting stuck into the Built Bar. I know some of the listeners now tweet at me uh, that, uh, that I might need a Built Bar to get through a podcast or to get through free agency or to get through some of the 3 a.m., 4 a.m. wake-ups over the last couple of days, and they're not wrong. They're not wrong about that. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Uh, they're great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And we've got a great deal, of course. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com.
Coming up tomorrow on Locked on Bucks, we are going to continue to roll through some of the additions the Bucks have made here in the free agency period. So, of course, we are talking about DJ Augustine, Bryn Forbes, Tori Craig, among others, Bobby Portis, of course, Crazy Eyes Bobby Portis. So make sure you get through to us at Locked on Bucks, or you can tweet me at Kane Pittman with any thoughts. Who do you like? What don't you like? Who would you have preferred? But we're going to hit that up. So make sure you join us throughout the week. I think it is interesting to look at some of the other moves that other teams have made. You obviously pointed to the fact there hasn't been announcement today as we're recording of a BAM extension, but also some of the other moves that Miami made with Goran Dragic, the second year of his deal, not guaranteed, same with Myers Leonard. And even Toronto with the Fred Van Fleet extension, uh, he, it, it's, it's a really odd rust, uh, contract uh, construction here but it, again it points to them wanting to have as much flexibility as they can next offseason so Fred Van Fleet essentially getting the Malcolm Brogdon deal there around four years 85 million but in the second year which is next offseason his salary comes back and, and is lower than and then ramps up again in the final two years which would allow them some flexibility so we know that this is the case but there's no doubt that some of these teams around Giannis are shaping their moves this offseason uh, locked in firmly on Giannis. And look, it is a big free agency class altogether next year. There's some really big names that could potentially be up. But there's no doubt those two teams in particular, Miami and Toronto, have had their eyes on Giannis for an extended period of time. Which brings us to talking about the Bucks front office because... I think overall, when I look at the roster and the additions the Bucks have made, and again, we'll talk about them as the week goes on, but Bryn uh, Forbes, Tory Craig, uh, Bobby Portis, you, you can go through the list. DJ Augustine, you'd be very happy about that, Frank. Uh, it's, look, it's, it's, it's a solid roster, you know. It's solid, but it doesn't mask over the fact that there has been some really, really messy stuff. And the Bogdanovich sign and trade, I don't know whether we'll ever know the full details. I said on the first podcast before any of this really came out that to me, this smelt like it was coming out of Bogdanovich's camp where the deal was set. Maybe Bogdanovich didn't know fully about it, but then they knew that there were going to be other offers on the table. Potentially, there was more money there. In the end, Bogdanovich has signed a four-year, $72 million offer sheet with Atlanta, which is slightly confusing because the Bucks could have actually offered that. So has he been scared off by the fact that there's a league investigation and he was concerned that the, the deal would be void down the road? I don't know, but there's so much going on there. But either way, it's very messy for the Bucks front office. But this Pat Connaughton situation is very strange. And, and again, Pat is one of those players, and oftentimes this happens with other teams. You see a guy that works hard, uh, you know, comes from a, a position where he wasn't expected probably to be a guy that earns big money in the NBA. He gets a deal. You're like, wow, happy for that guy. But you just wish it wasn't on your team. And I think that that fits the bill here. Uh, and Pat Connaughton originally reported as a four-year, uh, sorry, two-year, $8.3 million deal. A day later, and Twitter was all over this, Frank. Twitter was all over this. The player option for the second year, which... Uh, is actually not legal if you wanted to use the early bird rights. So in fact, if you wanted to give a player option, you would have to use some of your mid-level exception or biannual exception there. So it comes out 24 hours later that Pat Connaughton has now signed a three-year $16 million deal. So he's gone from $1.6 million to over $5 million average. And I'm looking at the roster right now, and I don't even know if there's a spot for Pat Connaughton in the rotation. And it's really difficult to look at this situation and not come to the conclusion that the Bucks front office messed up because they didn't know that rule. 
I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know I mean, what else to think. It's been, a, it's, been a bad, it's been a bad week on the, the optics front, to say the least, for, for the Bucks, right? Uh, I mean, the Bogdanovich situation, obviously, like you said, I, I mean, the, the, the agent um, involved there as well has had some, some you know, kind of shady incidents <laughs> in the past. Um, it's also been suggested that perhaps Bogdanovich, you know, actually did not want to share a backcourt with Drew Holiday or he, mm-hmm. he thought or he want, wanted more of the ball in his hands. I don't know. Um, we were joking uh, in the DMs about, you know, the Brogdon Bogdanovich uh, problem of, you know, Bucks <laughs> potential guards who want to play point guard and then, you know, are, are not happy when they're, you know, relegated to more combo guard sort of status. Um, of course, you know, Malcolm Brogdon a year ago, you know, sort of stating a desire to be the, the point guard as, as a reason why he, you know, he wanted to go to Indiana. He didn't want to stick around in Milwaukee and um, potentially Bogdanovich also, I don't know. I mean, maybe he did want to be the, the point guard uh, in Milwaukee and, and not have to share the ball as much with Drew Holiday. Of course, the irony is that Drew Holiday has played nominally as a two guard, as a starter a lot mm-hmm. these last couple of years um, with both Lonzo Ball, Rajon Rondo, et cetera. So um, you know, that would have been actually, I think a really good combination. And, and I mean, if I'm a, if I'm Bogdanovich, I would have said, man, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to share a backcourt with Drew Holiday because he's going to guard the better player mm-hmm. <laughs> and shield me from having to do that. And, you know, I'm going to be able to go and, and spot up and, you know, play off ball a bit. And it's not always going to be the pressure on me to go dribble and, and create, which obviously, you know, Giannis and, and Chris can do that too. So that there would have been a lot of flexibility there, but, but who knows, right? I mean, um, at this point, um, he's either going to end up in, in Atlanta or, or Sacramento. Um, you know, somebody who's a fan of Bogdanovich, I've been hoping the Kings would match um, just so they keep, keep him as an asset. And we know that the Kings were willing to trade him to Milwaukee for Dante DiVincenzo and filler. So um, we at least, you know, if you still want Bogdanovich in a Bucks uniform at some point, then uh, I would say it's better that he ends up in Sacramento than Atlanta. But um, Sacramento also has a very, very crowded backcourt rotation at this point with, you know, Buddy Heald has not been happy coming off the bench behind Bogdanovich. They just drafted Tyrese Halliburton. So um, it seems very possible that, you know, the, the re- whole reason they were willing to move him in the first place to Milwaukee uh, could be also the reason why they, they ultimately don't match that offer sheet. So um, we will see. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks backcourt is also <laughs> very full. Um, you know, uh, if, you, if you wanted the ball in your hands, I don't, I don't think playing next to Trey Young is necessarily the way to do it. Obviously, he can play off ball a bit too with his shooting, but um, you know, certainly uh, Trey's a, a much higher usage guy than, than Drew Holiday is. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't really know what to make of it at this point. Um, you know, the, the number uh, in Atlanta obviously is higher than what, um, you know, was at least discussed when that deal was seemingly coming down uh, for the bucks. But, um, but as you said, I mean, if it was just a money thing, well, they could have, they could have just figured out, figured that out. Right. And put given a little more money. So, who knows? You know, restricted free agency is complicated, and um, you know, again, I think uh, I, I don't I don't know how much the Bucks were at fault with with how things went down. I mean, again, um, I'm sure some tampering occurred, um, but you know, same as it ever does with with pretty much all these other deals, right? That were announced right when uh, the 601 uh, clock struck, and, and some of these deals uh, in the Eastern Time Zone started sort of being announced. So. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's much more to say about Bogdanovich, but obviously I think it was a bad look for Bogdanovich, his agent, the Bucks, the Kings, um, you know, the Kings may get nothing out of it. Obviously the Bucks did not get Bogdanovich ultimately. 
Uh, we'll talk about who they did get. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it was a tough look and uh, disappointing. I, th- I think, you know, especially relative to what sort of ended up happening. Um, you know, I, I think for sure the Bucks would have been better off landing Bogdanovich than probably what happened, but there's still some upside to that. You know, I think they will be deeper um, this coming season for having been able to keep Dante DiVincenzo and um, been able to use their money a little bit differently, but um, whether they're actually better, you know, that part certainly I think as a, as a, you know, starting closing five, I don't think they're better, but um, you know, we'll see. I mean, this is kind of how it goes. And um, I, I think, I think probably you, I don't know anything else to add to Bogdanovich or should we talk? I, I don't think I mentioned the content thing. I think, uh, well, let me just get to that. Right. Cause that was sort of the other obvious thing with, with, with the kind of, <laughs> <laughs> the way information is coming out. But um, so I guess to recap, yeah, Pat's numbers sort of floats out. I think what Friday night um, and Saturday morning um, was just sort of on Twitter and, and uh, uh, our friend, a uh, friend of the pod, Ryan, uh, AKA uh, at Archon 14. Uh, Ryan is a very smart basketball guy, but he's actually writes more about the NFL and the Packers, but this is um, a great pickup by the way. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, you know, he noted that, well, the, um, in a, uh, in an early bird rights deal, you have to, you have to sign for at least two years and not including option years. Um, and so originally we heard two years and then it came out as a player option. And then, um, it was pointed out, yeah, you can't actually use the early bird exception to sign a guy to a, a one plus one, which is now the Bucks absolute favorite type of contract, <laughs> the one plus player option deal. Get more on that in a second. Um, so that then, you know, and again, I mean, I think officials are like, oh, well, Woj tweeted too early and they're still working. It's like, well, look, if you guys were discussing a one plus one, then you, you screwed up because you shouldn't have been discussing a one plus one in the first place, whether that was the final deal or not. Because again, you would have had to use the mid-level exception to, to sign that deal. And if you use the mid-level exception, um, then you, you couldn't have signed, you know, anybody else for more than, you know, if it was 4 million, then the most you could have signed to someone else using the mid-level would have been like 5.3, right. Which been the remainder of that $9.3 million mid-level exception. So um, yeah, the whole premise of being able to do the Augustine deal, for instance, was based on that you're using the bird early bird rights for, for Connaughton, which would have let you spend actually up to, I think, I think early bird lets you basically go up to about like the, the league average salary, which is about 10 million bucks. So officially they could have gone up to about 10 million on Pat Connaughton. Um, obviously with using more than the tax pyramid level, as well as the biannual on Bobby Portis, both the MLE and the BAE, when you use more than the taxpayer level of the, the MLE trigger the hard cap, right? Which we we talked about a fair bit earlier this week as well. That's at around 139 million, which is about 6 million and change over the actual luxury tax. So yeah, so basically, it put the Bucks in, in a, again a tough spot because then you have you're very limited in terms of what you can do, kind of otherwise. So what we've essentially seen them do is they've used part of the non-tax mid-level, right? DJ Augustine getting an average of about seven million per year in that three-year deal. Thankfully, last year non-guaranteed, kind of the Urson deal from a couple of years ago. We'll see if it's escalating or not. Um, I would imagine it probably starts at a lower salary. Um, and then has 5% raises to get up to a total of 21, which would probably put it, I think, in like 6.6, sub 6.7, something like that type range. Because um, again, you want to conserve as much money for this year as possible because that hard cap issue. Um, and then Bobby Portis gets the biannual exception about 3.6 million. Of course, he gets a player option, which, you know, you don't have to give two years on a BAE. I would have rather not do that just because I don't know how good Bobby Portis actually is. <laughs> 
actually is, especially defensively. Um, I think he's really interesting. I think he's an interesting player offensively for sure. He's definitely a uh, let it fly type guy. I won't have to convince him to do that. Um, but uh, he's a guy that uh, should be interesting, especially now that the Bucks have very little front, you know, sort of big man depth. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, then obviously there's Pat who, who then ends up fitting not into this exception, but apparently certainly the circumstantial evidence suggests that they screwed up on what they offered him. And then in order to get him to sign, uh, you know, basically not have the player option, I guess they had to give him three years or something. Um, I heard some talk that there was another team that was offering more over two years. I don't know what team that was, you know, again, in an ideal world, you probably just say, all right, Pat, you know, good luck to you. <laughs> good luck to you. <laughs> Go and take that. Um, Cause the other thing too, is like, you know, giving up these multi-year deals on these kind of like role player type guys also makes them harder to trade. Right. You know, if Portis was um, a one-year deal or, you know, if Augustine was like a one-year deal or one year and then a non-guarantee or something like that, then they would also be much easier to envision putting them into potential little trades later in the year or, you know, whenever right um but obviously you give them multiple years and it's you know they're they're not quite as appealing if you're just trying to match salary which right now the bucks have a hard time doing just because they don't really have a lot of you know guarantee kind of like one year expiring salary type situation so um so yeah i mean it's so many things again like you know you could argue well uh what you know what else were the bucks going to who else were the bucks going to get right if they wanted to get augustine and portis I mean, they, you know, aside from spending up to the, uh, up to the hard cap, they can't really, you know, it's not like they could go and give Wes Matthews the Pat Connaughton contract unless they use the MLE because Wes was a, a non-bird free agent. He didn't have two years with the Bucks, just one. Um, you know, I, again, I mean, that's the, that's the best argument in defense of that Connaughton deal. Um, but, you know, again, I, Pat's kind of a tough, he, he's kind of a tough guy to evaluate because I think, Part of the issue is I think the level of trust that Bud has mm-hmm. in him, especially on the defensive, especially the, on the defensive end. Like I feel like Bud puts him in defensive matchups where it's just like he's not your stopper. You know, <laughs> like, I mean he'll he'll sometimes make plays for sure, but you know, again, if you talk about guys who you can trust to sort of play really good positional defense, obviously that's where Pat sometimes has issues because you know he's going for blocks, he's you know jumping into the first row on closeout attempts, you know, and and hey, when he when he ends up getting one of those block three pointers that leads to a breakout dunk. It's great. Right. I mean, he makes some spectacular plays. Um, but, uh, you know, and I think offensively, you know, his cutting in addition to the fact that obviously he doesn't shoot a high percentage from three, but you know, he, he ends up still being pretty efficient because, um, he pretty much just takes threes and, and dunks off cuts, um, at this point. Um, so, you know, again, I, and it's not like, a, I don't think, again, this is like some horrible deal. No, or it's not going to like kill your cap. But again, it's just, you know, the Bucks can't do much other than be on the margins at this point, right? It's not like they're, like they're going to have like a huge amount of cap space or something at some point. So pretty much everything comes down to like, how well can you use these small increments of money? And can you, you know, get these little wins on the margins that set you up to like maybe have, okay, now you got this piece and that piece, and then you can maybe put that together for a trade to match a salary, things like that, right? So you can say, well, that's not really, you know, all that really matters is you got Drew Holiday, who's, you know, a great player and um, you're, you know, can you resign Giannis? Obviously those are the macro things that matter this off season. Um, and the holiday deal, obviously with all those first round picks is a very complicated deal to value it because there's, I'd say the clear win in the, in the, in the present. And then there's this huge risk in the future, um, based on what happens. But, um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's, 
it's just kind of one of those things. It just it, let's just say this, it felt like a very sloppy week in the Bucks organization. Um, and uh, obviously, anytime you know deals get leaked that aren't you know really doable based on kind of where the, the, their cap situation is, and then they end up having to give a bigger deal, it just it just doesn't look doesn't look good. Um, doesn't look good for John Horst and company. And you know, again, I mean, I don't know that Giannis cares about that stuff. Um, but, uh, it's, it's a tough look. And I, I think fortunately, I, I mean, I, I like the Bucks Sunday signings better than their Friday and Saturday signings. Um, you know, getting Tory Craig for the minimum, getting Bryn Forbes, uh, for perhaps not the minimum. I, I, I don't know what the latest is on that, but not much, but I think like that, the, at max, maybe like a couple million bucks. Um, you know, I think those are solid signings, you know, given those guys can, I think, fill a role on this team. Um, I would hesitate to say the Bucks are, you know, deeper than they were a year ago. I think they are a little more top heavy. I think there's some, some real concerns about Portis in particular is probably my biggest concern just because of the lack of depth and kind of how much is on Portis now in terms of the big man rotation. Um, but I think DJ Augustine, to be, cl- to be clear, is Eric Name and Dean Maniat's guy. I mean, I'm okay. I'm fine with DJ Augustine, but I am not the president of the DJ Augustine fan club. Let's just get that out there for, for 30. Um, but Augustine can still play, uh, you know, he's in this sort of 32, 33 year, uh, uh, or sorry, age year, um, which isn't ideal, but he's replacing George Hill, who was also, you know, even I think older than, than DJ. So, um, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of puts and takes. Um, I think the Bucks are better because of Drew Holiday. And I think they're probably slightly worse for some of the other trade-offs that they've made on the roster. Um, but, you know, again, are they, should they not be the favorites in the East right now? I think they probably still should be the favorites in the East, right? And obviously, if, if Giannis signs that extension, then, you know, that'll be the most important possible thing that, that could have happened this offseason. So, um, so, yeah, I think it's been a draining week. It's been a, you know, slap yourself in the head type week at times. Um, and it has, I think, given you reason to be nervous about kind of what happens in the future. <laughs> but, um, you know, again, uh, our, our, the Bucks got off of blood. So they added a, obviously a, a better third banana than they had before. And, um, you know, obviously you hope that that, that higher sort of top end level of talent is, is something that can ultimately help, you know, get them to where they haven't been in the past when it comes to the playoffs. All right, guys, I have to remind you about listening to Locked on NBA on Mondays. Josh Lloyd, another great Aussie, is the host of the wildly popular Locked on Fantasy Basketball podcast. He takes you around the NBA's major headlines with help of the local experts on the network. Subscribe to Locked on NBA today, wherever you get your podcasts. So just to put a bow on this show here, and and as I said, uh, you mentioned some of the names that have come in and we can definitely um, work through those. I I will say uh, very quickly, the Bobby Porter signing, uh, that's by far, I think, the most shocked I've been by the Bucks uh, picking up a free agent over the last two years. It it just seems like not the type of guy that the Bucks usually get. Very questionable defensively. kind of known to be uh, a little bit erratic emotionally let's just say that he's had some some incidents in the past so it doesn't seem to be the normal guy that the bucks would try and pick up there so i'm very fascinated to see how that one 
pans out. But yeah, as before we wrap this up, I, I just want to touch on this because I've had uh, a lot of people through the day as I tweeted out the, the depth chart for the Bucks and where they sit. Currently 14 men on the roster and that may be leading some people to believe that they can still pick someone up. So I'm getting a lot of questions. Well, will they pick up a backup center? Because of all the financial implications of uh, using the MLE, the BAE, uh, the hard cap being triggered here, the Bucks don't have a lot of room to move. So it, it, I, you might have the exact figures there. I've been wrapping my head around all this, but basically they're done. They're not going to be able to add another guy to the roster, even on a minimum deal. So it looks like they're going to enter the season with 14 players, regardless, I mean, uh, irrespective of if they made some sort of trade or some other move. But as it stands right now, it looks like they're going to go into the season with 14 players. Of course, down the road, to me, I think one of the more likely scenarios is because, as you mentioned, some of these guys are going to be hard to trade with multi-year deals now. One of the scenarios that could potentially play out is they could find a way to remove DJ Wilson's money off the books and perhaps pick up a buyout guy later in the season uh, for the run to the playoffs. That's certainly an option. But as it stands right now, as they're up against the hard cap, it doesn't look like they're going to be able to add another guy. Yeah, I I think, and, you know, again, the the total numbers, um, I've seen some different estimates from different places. Based on the contracts that are still coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Especially some of the multi-year deals, like depending on what, you know, if they're flat or whatever. it varies a little bit. Um, it does look like they have, I mean, they have some money um, under the ca- under the hard cap that I think, it, I mean, I think they should have money to, to sign a buyout guy um, after, after the, uh, uh, the all-star break uh, after the trade deadline, um, which is important, right? Because I think they're obviously, you, you would hope obviously that they're going to be a team that as, as we've seen the past couple of years would be appealing to, to potential guys um, who, who are in that position. Right. I think, um, Marvin Williams, I would happily take Marvin Williams right now. Uh, <laughs> just tell Marvin Williams to chill for the next, you know, four, four months. And then, uh, and then if he wants to come back, right. Um, let us know. And, and, uh, and, and he's got a spot warm for him. Right. Um, I would actually feel much better uh, about the Bucks uh, depth if Marvin Williams himself just came back, um, in the second half of the season. And I think just based on the numbers, it, it seems like that, that would be doable, but um, but yeah, so they have a, they have a, a roster spot. They just don't have the money to pay that person for an entire year. But again, that that value becomes becomes prorated, sort of you know once you start getting into the season. So you could sign someone later in the season when um, their their total amount would would uh, you know, would again keep you under that that hard cap amount. They are um, I mean they are projecting to be over the tax right now. Um, so that that's interesting. Um, I think as you mentioned, you know there, there's some things that they could do to potentially get under that tax number. Um, I'd say the, the trade DJ Wilson for, you know, another random dude who's an expiring contract, but makes less money. That would, you know, be the obvious way to do that. Um, I'd have to double check how much money the bucks have left in terms of cash that they can spend. Um, but that's something that you, they could do is they just basically send some cash with DJ Wilson to accept the guy who's also expiring and, and just making less money. Um, so that that would be one potential option of getting on the tax because because that's sort of the the irony at this point like with the way that they're hard capped especially with Drew Holiday's unlikely incentives and things like that um, you know they they can't they really can't spend much more than the, they can't go way over the tax yeah. last year they could have gone way over the tax because Brogdon was their own free agent right he was their own bird free agent he gets that huge offer sheet they could have gone way and it would I mean it would have been super expensive to keep Brogdon last year and again I don't think as fans you should care if you know. 
ownership has to pay tax bills, like, you know, whatever. Um, I think you, you should obviously have an incentive for your team to sign guys to good contracts because it impacts your team's future flexibility and things like that. But, um, but I think this year, if you're just thinking like pragmatically, it's like, you know, if DJ again is like a non-factor, um, which I, Hey, I mean, he's a better defensive player than Bobby Portis, right? <laughs> I hope he has a chance to kind of, you know, battle bad Bobby Portis, uh, figuratively, not literally, um, in practice this season. And I mean, I would love it if DJ Wilson redeemed himself this year, right? I think we all would like to see that. Um, but you know, if he's in a position where that's not looking likely, um, or, or, you know, Portis, right. I mean, if, if Portis loses that battle or whatever it might be, um, you know, you could potentially make a move late in the year to, to get off that and get under the tax. Um, which again, you know, yes, it's a financial move, but, um, at that point, it's not like the decision to let Brogdon go, right? It's not like that, that type of thing. It's kind of something pretty much on the margins. Um, and again, the issue really isn't so much this year, you know, like being like a million over the tax this year, like really isn't a big deal. It's just, you, you avoid triggering the repeater tax in the future. Cause I mean, in the future, it's going to be, you know, Giannis Supermax kicking in next year, Drew Holiday potentially re-signing, you know, fingers crossed that Drew Holiday signs a new contract rather than opting out and getting free agency, um, you know, you're going to be in the tax for the foreseeable future. So um, again, if you're ownership, I'm sure you're looking at this thinking, all right, you know, eh, we probably would rather not be paying the tax this year if we're like, you know, if it's a DJ Wilson move away from being under the tax, that's something we would want to look at. Um, I mean, thankfully they, they were at least willing to go over the tax now. Um, and then I guess we'll see what happens. Right. I mean, my hope obviously is if they've got a roster that's working, that they don't make a move that's purely financial just to get under the tax if it means hurting the team. But again, I mean, that that's, that's kind of a, something you can kick the can down the road on, uh, and, and figure out later since the tax isn't, isn't, uh, you know, calculated until your roster at at your end. So so anyway, we'll, we'll see how that kind of goes, but, uh, but yeah, it's, um, been a busy busy couple days uh and i guess now we'll see if there's any real real other uh other activity for the rest of what what do we have left do we have like a week and 10 days until training camp or something crazy (laughs) like that everything's going to happen really quickly now it's just such a bizarre thing right we're used to not even free agency at the beginning yeah free agency at the beginning of july and then we get three months off (laughs) now we get no 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 months off and uh nba basketball is uh basically a month away right 22nd NBA basketball is, is back and um, hard to believe just the, the weirdness of the year 2020 continues. Very strange. It has been a very odd week and uh, probably more stressful for Bucks fans than they anticipated, considering that we haven't even heard anything from Giannis yet. But I, I think as you pointed to, Frank, and again, we will continue to go through this, but I do think on paper the Bucks look better. And you could basically just say that straight from the Drew Holiday trade. But I do like some of the additions they've made around the fringes and, uh, and, and, you know, I think ultimately I, I think about what John Hall said uh, when we spoke to him prior to the draft last week, he said, we want to get shooting into the team that translates to the postseason. Now, certainly Brent Forbes, some defensive uh, issues there and how much can he play? We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see what happens with Brent Forbes, but Forbes, DJ Augustine and Drew Holiday in their playoff careers are all shooting over 38% from three. That is significant because we do know that the three-point shot has brought the Bucks down, among other things, but certainly their inability to hit outside shots in the postseason has brought them down. So I do think 
uh, for all the craziness that's happened. And to be honest, the messy situations the Bucks have found themselves in over the last few days, the team does look better on paper. Uh, but we will wait uh, for Giannis and we'll wait to see what else happens here over the next few weeks. Frank, uh, I have to say, we just got a tweet come through as we're recording. Uh, at B Barnett 21 Kane, check your emails. I said, I don't run the locked on bucks at gmail.com. By the way, you can hit us up email account. So you got to check the emails, Frank. Have I, I need to figure out what the password is so I can give it to you. If you <laughs> maybe you don't even want it. I don't know. Oh, um, well, I, I do want it. I, I can only imagine that it's uh, Monte Ellis, uh, some sort of combination of Monte Ellis and Brandon Jennings would be the password. I, I would imagine. No comment. No comment. Um, yeah, here's here's some questions. Yeah, I, I uh, we'll, we'll have to do a mail. What, man, we'll have to do a mailbag. It's probably we're probably at the point where we should do a mailbag in the next week or two, right? Since we've reached a, an obvious point for that. But um, anyway, yeah. Um, long weekend if you're a Bucks fan. Long week if you're a Bucks fan. Um, but I guess we can we can take a breath, take a breather, and uh, try to take stock of kind of how this is all how this is all going to kind of fit together. Um, I think the only thing I'd add, we, we probably haven't talked about Augustine enough um, in particular. So I think we'll probably need to spend some time this week talking about that um, and, and exactly kind of how we, how we think this, this, uh, this group is going to fit together. My, my prediction, I'll, I'll just tease one thing. I think my ex- expectation, probably Dante DiVincenzo is, is your starter at, well, nominally the two guard spot. Um, he'll probably defend a lot of point guards just depending on who Drew Holiday is asked to defend. Um, but, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting group because I, I don't think there's as obvious a uh, answer there at, at, at who's the other guard starter as last year um, when, you know, Wes was a reliable enough three-point shooter and obviously a really good defender. I thought he worked really well. This year it's a little weird because Bryn Forbes is a really good shooter, has started tons of games for the Spurs. I know Spurs fans weren't big fans of Bryn Forbes starting tons of games, given his limitations. And then you've got Torrey Craig, who's sort of the like defensive type of Wes Matthews, but has been a far less reliable three-point shooter. So you could you could go that direction if you wanted really a defensive sort of you know bent to uh, to the wing spot. Um, but then obviously, I think the, the most obvious question was like, would you you know would you consider starting Augustine uh, and leaving Drew at the two, or or you know again Dante? alongside him i i assume probably uh dj just because he's the only other point guard on the roster that that he's going to come off the bench but um interesting options for for bud depending on matchups and you know obviously we'll see kind of how these guys all mesh and uh hopefully obviously we get the best out of these guys um because uh yeah bucks are going to need it um it's uh it's going to be a fun year a weird year and um I'm looking forward to Bucks basketball. Can I say that? I'm looking forward to Bucks basketball. I, I, I'm, I'm ready to wash the, the, bubble, uh, the bubble nonsense away and, and get back to hopefully the, the real Milwaukee Bucks, which I hope, I hope is more like what we saw during last year's regular season. I'm back on board. I'm back on board as well. I'm really excited about Drew Holiday. I'm excited about some of these fringe signings that they made. So, uh, all, all, again, although it wasn't the most ideal week that we've ever experienced uh, covering the Bucks and caring about the Bucks, but... Uh, I, I think ultimately I look at this squad and I'm excited to see some of these guys and I'm excited about the versatility that they'll have in the lineups. But anyway, as you said, a month away from the NBA season starting and really as everyone's listening to this on the 23rd of November, a week until a training camp. Hard to believe. But Frank, appreciate you jumping on late on a Sunday night. We appreciate everyone listening. Like I said, I know we do have some new listeners, so we thank you for jumping on board. 
uh, you know, subscribe, rate, do all those great things that we really appreciate. Uh, I will be back tomorrow as, as we are every single day, Monday through Friday. So for Frank and myself, stay safe. We'll speak to you guys tomorrow.